Hey there, Claire here. Quick question for you. How good are the relationships that you have with your colleagues or potential clients that have a different culture than you? Good work relationships with people of diverse backgrounds give you freedom where you focus on opportunities from winning new business to focusing on personal development. In today's episode, Joseph and our guests are sharing five ways you can improve relationships with people of different cultural backgrounds, where you can meet more people and build diverse communities that are powerful to achieve significant goals. Are you ready? And let's Welcome get started. Welcome to the Digital Bosses Podcast with Joseph and Claire. Our definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so you can show up for everyone and everything personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. We created the Digital Bosses Podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you start, grow, and build a purposeful online business. If you are a business owner, creator, looking to build an impactful brand that makes a difference, you are in the right place. So let's dive in. Hello, Garash. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Very well. Thank you. I am so excited to have you here today. We connected over on social media and today we're talking about a topic that I think is super important, which is, you know, social etiquette when it comes to business. It is a topic that I don't think is well spoken about. There is a lot of misinformation about it. And today, the whole purpose of the episode is to bring clarity towards the topic. But before we dive into this, I would love you to share a little bit more about you, what you do, and where do you fit into the online entrepreneurial space? Absolutely. Well, thank you for the warm welcome. It's really good to be here talking about it. And you're absolutely right. I agree. Uh, You know, this topic doesn't get spoken about as much as it should. And it's definitely um, a lot more important now, maybe than it's been in the past because of, you know, everything with the pandemic and how companies have really taken the shift to being online very seriously. And a lot of companies who maybe previously were thinking about regressing back into office spaces, are not doing that. Right. So uh, just a little bit about myself, like you said, uh, my name is Ganraj, like you already mentioned, I am the content writer for social cue, which is uh, online masterclasses for etiquette. So not just business etiquette, but all sorts of cultural etiquette, social etiquette, and anything you really need to know in order to present yourself in the best light possible, which is becoming more and more important as we get more exposure to people on a daily basis, right? So whether it's um, through on online presence or whether it's in person, you need to be able to carry yourself in a certain way. So that's what our company is all about. And what we really try to do is focus on specific actionable steps that people can take to do that, right? So we have a lot of research that goes into the classes, a lot of best practices, tips, and really just expert opinions on what people from these cultures actually are doing differently that you can bring to the table and just convey your ideas with that much more force and clarity to them. Absolutely. And, you know, we connected over on social media and I remember you came to my feed and I was really intrigued by the novelty of the topic because I suppose we all go through the whole process when it comes to business and social etiquette. Every country is different. Talking about me, for example, I am Italian, but I lived in the UK. I deal with the Middle East in terms of business and I live in America. So when it comes to different culture, I do relate and know what you're talking about. There is definitely a different way of operating with different people. And, you know, what really struck me was, wow, there is so much more to know. And it was 
not very much about the UK uh, etiquette or the American one, which I am familiar with, but then you kind of touched into the, for example, the Asian one, or there was something about the Indian etiquette in business. And I thought that was really interesting. And that's how we got you here today, because I thought that was a very interesting topic. And talking about etiquette and really skills, what is your superpower? Um, This was a hard one for me. So I think, (laughs) um, you know, as... um, as a writer, I'm very tempted to say, you know, being articulate and being sort of like a wordsmith. But then when I think deeper, just me as a person, as a human, as a whole, I think my superpower is really adaptability. Um, growing up, I moved around a lot. I've been to so many different schools, lived in so many different countries, worked in so many different industries and settings. And somehow like I find a way to kind of make it fit, make it work and sort of adapt myself to those surroundings. And I think, um, you know, working with social cue as a etiquette masterclass that really plays into it because you have to be adaptable. If you're working with different people of different environments, even within, uh, let's say, you know, taking Canada or the U S for example, you would think there's not a lot of cultural differences. It's North America. Like what could there be? That's very different, but when I lived in Chicago, I went in with that very naive mindset and I was very, very right. shocked, right? I was shocked at how different the business environment was, how different, like even just culturally, linguistically, uh, things were very, very different. So I think just being adaptable, being able to be a chameleon in those types of environments is uh, definitely my biggest superpower. <laughs> I love that. And I love how you mentioned being a chameleon. I I think I'm going to steal this. This is good. (laughs) Um, I live in so many places like me. And I would love you to bring to the table three actionable examples of how different cultures operate in business online and offline from your experience. You know, it can be different culture. It can be different countries. I leave you the ball to roll. I'm just going to see how this goes. But it's really fascinating to me. And then I am going to share some as well so that we can kind of see where anyone listening to this they can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. So from my experience, so I've lived in Egypt. I lived there for about a year. It was an amazing experience for me. I was teaching high school there. And um, going to a lot of business meetings and even just sort of like meetings with administrators from schools and things like that, you notice um, the emphasis on presentation and decorum being really, really big, right? So you want to present yourself in a certain way, whereas, you know, somewhere in the U.S., for example, there's not as big an emphasis. So like here's uh, an example is something as simple as serving refreshments like tea or coffee, mm. um, you know, in, in Saudi Arabia or in Egypt or in certain parts of the world, you would never give anyone a paper cup or a styrofoam cup or a plastic. It would be proper glassware. It would be porcelain. Right. And yeah. So, you know, a lot of these uh, meetings I went to, you got treated like, um, royalty almost that felt like compared to going to just a meeting in the u.s and even some of the biggest companies in this u.s you have your keurig you make your own coffee in a paper cup and then you can bring it to the table but it's not like that there so having that experience was very interesting and you start to you wow. start to see it, you know it's it's a their way of showing respect not only to you as their guest but also a reflection of them as your host and sort of the self-importance that's tied into that Wow, that's so interesting. You got me thinking because 
back in the day, I did a few meetings in the Middle East, but also uh, a few meetings with people from Egypt in London. And it is true about the paper cap. Now that I got thinking about it, I never seen them doing that. And it is, you know, this little thing that you maybe don't think about, but makes a huge difference in terms of the way and the perception that people have about you. That's really, really cool. And how was your experience in America? You lived in Chicago before. How was that? And did you live in any other places in the U.S.? Um, not in the U.S. So I've lived in Chicago. I lived in Bangladesh uh, before. Right. And so that was also very interesting. Interesting thing about Bangladesh was uh, time. The concept of time is completely loose. And I think mm. it might be the same in Italy. Like, you know, yeah. somebody would say... <laughs> Somebody would say the meeting starts at nine and then 9.15, the meeting attendees are rolling in slowly. And then me as a Canadian sitting there with my synchronous view of time being like, uh, it's 9.15 guys. Like, and everyone there is just, if they're very laid back, relaxed about, you know, when the meeting is going to start, the schedule of the meeting is very loose. So um, I experienced that in Egypt as well, but not as much, but in Bangladesh and uh, when I was in India for a bit, they have that view of time where it, it's very loosely structured and no one bats an eye if you're 15, 20, 30 minutes early or late or things don't go according to plan or schedule. It's a guideline for you. Whereas in the U.S., it's like a rigid structure to be followed and, you know, adhered yeah. to pretty strictly. And that was really interesting to me because it showed me how it reflects in our business practices as well, right? Like to mm. them... Things like totally. negotiations, uh, dealings that are happening on the fly, whereas sometimes in the U.S., uh, in the meetings, you come with a very strict plan that you want or like a goal that you have in mind, an objective. But, you know, in India, in Bangladesh, they were just like, OK, we'll see what happens this meeting and how far we can get. And that's fine. So <laughs> I do relate to this. And I tell you, I'm going to share a very Simple example. So I grew up in Italy. I moved to England when I was in my early 20s. And what you mentioned about timing was something that I haven't actually lived work-wise in Italy because I was doing a very different job. So I was going into meetings, but I was always leading the meeting. I was always very straight to the point in things. I don't like to kind of mess around or whatever. But when I started working for myself a few years ago and I started to take on a few Italian clients, I never realized how much time it was such a difference between England and Italy. And here's the example. I remember going there with a very key plan, key points to cover. And then my client on the other side will talk about everything else except from business. What did you do this weekend? Oh, yeah. how was, oh, did you get the new phone? Oh, I have a new car. And, you know, and I remember being in such a weird position because part of me wanted to kind of be very Italian about it and be like, okay, great. That's amazing <laughs> that you have a new car, but I just need to get through this. Just, yeah. You know, you get to the point where you haven't really achieved anything in an hour and you're like, okay, great. I'm going to need another meeting, but we're not going to close this. And this was a very interesting fact to me because business in Italy and private life often get blended together. And that's something I don't usually do business-wise, keep them very separate. Mm -hmm. Another example I can bring to the table is about feedback. The way, for example, French people give feedback. I worked with French people a lot in the past and the way people give feedback about a specific work or a specific task is very different from the way the British people do that. So let's make an example. Let's make, let's say I made a mistake somewhere. 
you will have a British person telling you, this is great. However, next time do it this way. Yes. Whether the French would be like, this is totally rubbish. Yes. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you need to do it again. This is the most terrible work I ever see. You know, it's very yeah. drastic. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and I would say Italians are kind of midway, depends who you speak to. Whether the Americans instead, I think are, you know, I remember... I used to do a course about leadership for different cultures. And I remember he told me something that I relate to, and it was something that they call part of her that's wearing the shit sandwich. You know, it's something, yeah, that's how they call it. It's about giving a feedback that is really positive, but it really means completely the opposite. So it would be like, oh, you did such a great job. I would love for you to do the same. However, just do it differently. (laughs) And you're kind of like, okay, is this a compliment? Or is this like, (laughs) or is this like, are you telling me off? It's funny, like being a a teacher, uh, giving feedback is, you know, I found in different cultures works very differently as well, because what I do is you always have to start with the positive. So back to your like bullshit sandwich, right? You start with the BS that's kind of on top and then you have to sandwich the feedback in you're framing it in a way that it gets right. Right. So it's, it's really cool because a lot of people will interpret that differently because different cultures will either take you at face value and say, wow, I did do a great job and that's all they'll hear. Or they will actually be able to decipher your message and go deeper and think, okay, no, Um, like in Japan, that's something that you have to be very careful about when you do business there, because the Japanese, they will never um, upfront tell you, um, this is how I'm feeling about this. This is my opinion. They expect you to read because they're, they're, they're very um, conscious and aware about, um, you know, societal norms and structures. And so having a lot of emotion and saying, this is how I feel. This is my opinion. It's not really a part of the Japanese business culture. So if they are stoic, it means something. So everything has this like hidden meaning behind it. And if you don't do your homework and you don't actually know how to interpret these messages, you're going to be maybe taking them at face value, but that's not what they mean at all. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's just like deciphering that meaning, knowing when to and when not to, when people are actually being genuine, authentic and honest versus when they are looking for you to pick up on the signs. Uh, That's a big part of doing um, business internationally. Wow. That's so interesting. I am learning so much from this episode. I'm telling you, even though if you are on the other side of this, whether you're walking somewhere really nice, so you're commuting to work, just is so interesting. And this reminds me a lot, for example, when I work in Dubai and the Middle East is very different in the way they approach comparing to the Brits. And, you know, there is always that level of almost like you are brother to them. You know, it's always like, oh, you are like my brother. It's very, it seems to be very genuine until things go wrong. (laughs) And then you're not brother anymore. Uh, But I remember reading this from a perspective on Italia, of an Italian living in England and, you know, dealing with the Middle East, it was really interesting because I kind of find myself midway between, I can see both sides and I can relate to both. And then I was kind of stuck in the middle. When I was in corporate, I used to manage about 20 people. 
And in London, it's very multicultural. You have people from Poland, you have people from Russia, you have people from Romania, you have people from different countries. So of course, everybody takes me differently. And while you do adjust to the country where you live at some point, there is always something that is emotionally triggering for you. So you don't know the button you're pressing until you, you kind of do. So I did have a few experience uh, about that as well. Now, I want you to share a little social etiquette starter pack for anyone listening to this episode and looking to do business with different countries. Maybe they are social media managers, consultant, maybe they are graphic designer, maybe they are people that work online. So they have this accessibility to be able to work with different cultures and they want to do it right. So what would that be for you, a social etiquette starter pack? Let's break it down to five points. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, just five, that's going to be kind of tough, but we'll try to uh, build <laughs> points into points. Um, I think the first thing is just really trying to build relationships, right? And depending on where in the world you are, this might seem like an obvious or a natural one, but I know like where I'm from in Canada um, and a a lot of parts of Europe and like the West, what we call the Western world, um, the main focus of a business meeting is usually to like strike a deal or getting what you want out of the meeting, right? Like you gave that example of yeah. Um, somebody trying to tell you about their new car and everything, but you're just trying to get to the point. But, you know, trying to be personable and getting to know people on a personal level is extremely important, especially when you're working cross-culturally, right? Business is based on trust. It's not just based on what you bring to the table professionally, but you want to make people really comfortable um, with you, around you. And like, so I think building those genuine relationships totally. is a great place to start. Um the second thing I would say is do your homework. Uh, I, I am so surprised at the people who walk into a meeting knowing it's going to be, you know, either in a different country or with delegates from a different country. And they don't know the basic phrases. They don't know anything about the culture. So things get lost in translation. Things get um, miscommunicated really quickly. And it's very easy for like a business um deal or you know some like a meeting to go south because you don't show your um your counterparts that you have cared enough about them and their culture their meetings to um to basically just do your very very basic homework um on them on their culture and like even just you know Mm -hmm. saying something in their language to them that that speaks volumes that shows that you're trying right and they'll they'll appreciate that quite a bit next tip in my starter pack is specifically for people who are working online and this is dress for success we have gotten way too comfortable oh, yes. in our sweatpants <laughs> and our, you know, casual wear. And people think, oh, it's just a Zoom meeting or it's just an online virtual meeting. And they don't give it as much gravity and as much weight as they really should. But the way you look is important. The way that your hair is kept is important. The way like your background, uh, you know, everything that's that's your image that you're portraying. And I think it's been minimized in a lot of ways. Uh, today, you know, people are thinking, oh, it's fine if I'm just throw on whatever, it's just a Zoom meeting, but it's not like that because a lot of businesses will look at that as your first impression before yeah. the person, right? Um, I totally agree. And I think it's generational as well. I think the new generation are always, you know, I'm a millennial and I do see and do business with Gen Z sometimes. And there is definitely more a more casual approach. But, you know, coming from corporate, 
I always feel really uncomfortable to be in a meeting that I know is for work in like casual outfit. I mean, it will be at least something that is more casual, I would say. And yeah. perception is very important. There is always a concept of looking in a certain way to then be perceiving a certain way and to then be valuing a certain way. I think that's very Absolutely. important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even though those things are happening at a very subconscious level, you know, uh, no one's going to outwardly say, okay, this is your value based on your appearance. But those things happen at a very subconscious level and sometimes people don't even know that they're making decisions based on these things, but so you yeah. just want to present yourself in the best light possible. So it's always in the details. It's always the little things um, that are going to speak volumes. And, you know, it's something that you can control. Like sometimes there's so much about a zoom meeting or about a virtual um, environment that you cannot control. But if you're polished, you're professional, you're looking a certain yeah. way, you seem prepared, all of that is sort of like um, going to go the extra mile, even if your dog starts barking in the next room or even if you're yeah, exactly. louder, you know, they're going to say, oh, this person stood out because they cared enough to um, have this image of themselves. And it it is tied to your value, I think. Yeah. Before you share the other points, I want to link to something that I remember when I used to work in corporate, we used to go to, you know, trading show events where there was a lot of networking going on. What I will always say to my team was always make sure you wear a bright color. Double points if the color is the color of the company. And here's why. A very bright color triggers people communication and they go, oh, I love your jacket or I love your shirt. And here's what happened. You start talking. And then you can do the magic with your networking. You know, it only takes a shirt sometimes to be noticed. And it only does take, you know, that little bit of detail that makes a person send out and remember you. And this is such an underestimate point in business. I do believe you have to do it right. And it doesn't have to be overload and it doesn't have to be too much. But if you play it correctly, it can be a superpower of yours. Also, something that I will always suggest to anyone going for an interview, for example, here's the thing. When I was looking for a job in corporate, I will always wear something of the color of the company I'm going for. For example, I work for a skincare brand. The main color was green. And I remember wearing a very light green shirt and then in my jacket. And the color was perfect. And that got people talking. I said, oh, wow, you wear the color of the brand. I said, yes, I'm already one of you guys. You know, it makes such a difference. And it just really showcased that you care. And sometimes you can be the most prepared person on a meeting, the most prepared person on an interview. You can be the person that interviews really well, but the attention to detail is essential. And, you know, that also happens not only in the workplace, but also in the way you showcase your personality and the way you carry yourself. I think that's really important. I love that you just said that because it bleeds directly into my my next point, which was going to be don't be boring, like get noticed. Yeah. Put yourself out there. Like if you're already uh, taking the step to either do business abroad or, you know, um, doing something cross-culturally, it's already like a step in that direction. And now it's up to you to stick in people's minds, whether it's through your fashion statement, whether it's through the brand colors, whether it's through um, anecdotes or, you know, even um, I know a lot of cultures like humor is again, lost in translation. So maybe don't, you know, try to make uh, jokes or anything, but like there is a difference between 
sticking out in people's minds in a bad way and a good way. So when I say get noticed, I just mean that you should put yourself in front of people that you need to be in front of network, speak to people. Don't just show up to the meeting on time, show up 15 minutes early so you can build those relationships before the meeting starts. So people know you as a familiar person, as a face before you, you know, get down to business or whatever it is that you're talking about. And then stay later, um, go for dinner, Big part of a lot of business culture in, you know, yeah. many, many parts of the world, um, especially China, they have uh, banquets for, for people who come. And this Chinese business banquet is such a big deal because it's a way for them to get to know you personally. And a lot of cultures place extreme emphasis. Well, thank you so much. You share so many great tips here. And if you've been listening to this right now, I will highly suggest you to go back to this episode and take some notes and possibly download it as well, because I'm sure you can go back to and get some value even later in the week, because I believe you will definitely need some tips because Next time you go in a meeting, you might need some extra tips about the culture. And as much as it doesn't sound useful, it will be useful in the longer term. I promise. And I live that experience on my skin as well. Sally, where can people find you? So I am currently on different social media platforms, uh, Twitter and currently on Instagram. I can give you all of that information to link to your um, information page. And um, mainly uh, kind of my final word is like what you said uh, in terms of things being important and not realizing it. Sometimes you have to be in a situation and go through a situation in order to think back and say, oh, no, I should have really like, you know, learned about that or paid attention. So just, you know, being proactive as much as you possibly can before going into a meeting, um, whether it's understanding business culture, personal um, you know, people's preferences, things like that. Those are all things that are really going to get you noticed and get your uh, business deals struck. So um, I definitely agree with everything Thank that you said. Thank you so much for listening to the Digital Bosses podcast with your co-host, Claire. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive conversation into all the practical tips and hacks that you can apply to grow your business. If you like the show today and you would like to support our podcast, please share with others and take a screenshot of the episode and tag us on social media such as Instagram and LinkedIn and let us know your feedback because we would love to know and share that to the world. And until then, I will see you with Joseph, same time, same place, next week.